Blog Talk Radio. radio show coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts. And we would like to say a pleasant good afternoon to all of you who may be listening to us, following us on the Internet. Uh, Today is Tuesday, January 17th, and we'd like to say Happy New Year to all of you. You know, every time we get ready to start our show, we're not a Bible Uh, We're not a church by any means But I'd like to always open this show With a scripture And this is a Psalms It's Psalms 118 and verse 24 That says This is the day That the Lord God has made And we will rejoice We will be happy We will be joyful in this day And so I encourage you If you're listening today Be joyful in this day Because you are alive and so again, welcome, welcome, welcome on Facebook, on the blog, talk radio, wherever you are, we're delighted to have you. And today, my special guest is Chanel, you know, the perfume, awesome scent, Chanel. It's a young woman that I've been following, talking to on Facebook, and she will be our special guest today. So let me go now live and welcome Chanel. Hello, Chanel. Hello, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hello. Hi, Chanel, how are you? I'm doing well. Wait, are you picking me up? I'm I'm talking to you and I'm getting you in clear now. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? Wonderful. It's a delight to have you with us today. And so let's just jump right in. I've been wanting to do this with you. And so please introduce yourself to our Bit Friends audience. Tell us your where you're calling in from today and tell us how you're doing. Hi. Um, my name is Chanel Michelle Michelle. Um, I am calling in from Washington, D.C., and today is my day off. So I'm happy to be able to be available for VIT Friends. They've really helped me through last year. Wonderful. We're delighted to have you. So I just want to jump right in. I think in our conversations when we first met online, you were talking a little about being in college and, um, you know, just going through dealing with vitiligo and being on on college. So let let me just go to some of the questions that I posed to you um, earlier. How long? Have you had vitiligo? I have had vitiligo for 13 years, since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. 12 years old, okay. What was your first reaction as a preteen with this condition? How how do you handle it? How was it diagnosed or discovered? Um, My diagnosis is actually, it's a funny story. I was, uh, it starts off, I was in the mirror with my mom in the restroom, and I thought there was, like, a spot on the mirror. On my, um, 
I thought there was a spot on the mirror, and it turned out it was on my face, a little tiny white dot. And uh-huh. so I turned to my mom like, Mom, there's this random white dot on, on my forehead. And she just kind of like zoomed in like a mother and was just like, we're going to the doctor. And I was just like, it's a white dot. And we uh-huh. ended up going to a couple of doctors, actually, but I ended up being um, diagnosed with ventiligo. And me and my, like, I did, it didn't really resonate with me. I think my mother uh, graciously ended up taking up most of the uh, diagnosis, like the doctor yeah. was explaining, you know, your daughter's going to lose her yeah. pigment. She's very much like Michael Jackson. And I remember both of us being like, both of us being like, is that a real disease? Like, are you serious? Uh-huh. So I think my first reaction was kind of disbelief, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Now, your, your mother was there. She was your support. Did, did she know of any other family member with this condition? No. Um, lupus runs through our family, which is another autoimmune condition. So, uh-huh. I mean, I know that there's a lot of pairing with uh, ventiligo and other autoimmune conditions, yeah. but that's the most yeah. that we really know of. I'm the first person in our family to have the condition manifest. Wow. It, and it's so random. For most of the people that I talk to, that's how it is. It's just so random that just one person from each family would come up with this. So your mother was, an, I would imagine, just this awesome support. Do you have other brothers and sisters, and how were they were they supportive at all? Um, they were supportive. I think that for the first, uh, from, about, from about 12 to really 20, it progressed fairly slow. So it didn't okay. um, impede with my life too much. I think the hardest part was how me and my mother decided to handle it, and she had a different perspective than me. My mom wanted me to wear makeup to cover it because it was on my face, and I was kind of like that go-against-the-grain teenagers. Like, I just want to be myself. So yeah. that kind of was a rough back and forth through my team. But yeah. um, I still think now, that, you I mean, well, you were, you, were, you were 12. So, you know, I know today it's all this conversation about bullying and, and all of that. How how did you handle it? it was were, were the kids, um, cause, uh, of course, you were middle school at this point, elementary, whatever. How was that for you? The teasing, the staring, the bullying, did any of that happen? Yes, but I grew up in an interesting environment. I grew up in the Valley of California, so I was one of the few uh, African-American students uh, even at my school, so I kind of grew. I grew up being bullied in a way. So I really don't. If I was bullied, it was I was bullied for a number of reasons. I wore glasses. I was clumsy. But with ventiligo, um, I would just make fun of myself. I would, you know, at one point, a lot of people were calling me MJ because I was like, it's Michael Jackson disease. And then once people actually started calling it Michael Jackson disease, I was like, oh, that was a joke. And I stopped actually calling it that because I actually do have a lot of respect for him um, continuing on it and everything with Vinaligo. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm sure mom taking you to the doctors, I'm sure they must have prescribed something. What sort of treatments did you try and did any of them work? Um, the first treatment was a topical steroid. I mm-hmm. always forget the name of the cream, but um, okay, I ended up protopic? going protopic. Yes, I started off with protopic. Yeah. Um, that didn't work, and so we went into uh, light box treatments. 
and I did those. I did light box treatment for about a year, and I did repigment, but okay. it was just it was uh, strenuous for me to go because um, you're. I was a teenager. Your body's already morphing, and then I was changing right. colors, and I ended up not going back after I was actually on a drill team, and one day mm-hmm. I was going to practice and. One of my friends was just like, hey, um, something's wrong with your face. And I was just like, something's always wrong with my face. <laughs> it's like, no, something's really wrong with your face. And I oh, went and looked goodness. in the mirror, and, like, my skin was peeling. And I, like, screamed, oh. and, like, I ran all the way home. And that oh. was the last day that I went for light box treatment for a couple of years. And then I decided to go back when I was 16 because the ventilacle started progressing on other parts of my body. And I was just like, okay, okay, let's try it again. And then that was stressful with dealing with the doctors and the different types of treatments there were. So I ended up yeah. just not uh, – probably from 17, I stopped again. So it's that hard balance of trying to find – I think being a kid and having my mom have her yeah. own way of how she thinks she, she can manage it um, yeah. versus me, like, being 16 and, you know, having my own opinions and attitudes. So it was a very trying time, but um, I look back at it and I appreciate it. I appreciate going through all the different levels of um, the different treatment. Yeah. yeah. A learning process for you, for sure. Now, today, are you still using anything, any of the treatments, any of the um, protopics or any of that stuff? Are you using anything today? Uh, I'm currently not using anything today. I am actually considering Benequin at this at this time or waiting for the opportunity to find the right dermatologist to um, go on with Benequin. Just the amount of pigment that I've lost in the past couple of years, I don't see a point in trying to repigment at this point. There you go. But, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, I have, I mean, Vinaligo, it started on my face. Um, or at least that's where I noticed it first. It could have started anywhere else. But um, I've I've lost so much pigment in my face and everything yeah. that it's like I don't see the point in trying to repigment it. Just the process of losing exactly. the pigment exactly. is enough. Yeah. Now, when I, I went to a conference, and I share this all the time, I went to a conference a couple of years ago with Vitiligo Support International, and we learn to look at ourselves or this condition in pigment and um, percentages. So if you had to look at your body, what percentage of your body now is depigged? I'm getting really close. I'm I'm getting really close to forty percent. I would say. Really. Yeah, I'm getting really close. Of your, of your pigment, your 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 color gone. Uh, I would say it's between. One more time. No, is it is it that forty percent of your your color, your natural color is gone? Yeah, I would say it's nearing. It's between thirty five and forty percent. Um, oh. Because I know uh, I have I have vitiligo everywhere, so it's on all of my appendages and everything. But it's like my torso and. So yeah, I would say about thirty-five to forty percent is. Okay, about, so when um, I look like, at your pictures on the internet, I I think well, probably some of it is makeup, but I thought your face was about ninety-eight, ninety-five percent little ego. 
Yeah, yes, it is. All right. Okay, okay. Wow. It is. <laughs> now, makeup. Tell me a little about makeup, because now you're saying it's not possibly at this point not worth it to go the other way. You're mm-hmm. just going to do, you know, let nature take its course or even get some help. What about makeup? Is there a particular makeup that you've discovered that works? I know. Have you been doing some work with Corliss? Um, I have done. I haven't. Um, tr- I haven't tried the. I know what is it called? Color. Yeah, um, color by me. Or I, yeah. Yeah, I I saw it. Um, I haven't invested in it yet. It's probably going to be my next brand. I just. It's kind of made me a makeup connoisseur, <laughs> if you will. I go from brand to brand. Yeah. Um, yeah. just because it's, I'm, luckily I'm artsy, so I, I've kind of just learned to experiment, see my face as a, as a palette yeah. and, or as a canvas and go with it. Um, but with makeup, um, it's been interesting transitioning from one pigment yeah. to the other, even in, in makeup colors. Um, I know that when I was, um, my brown complexion, finding uh, I used to have to mix a couple of different brands and or, like, get the concealer stick and then get the matted powder. And so it was a right. lot of science that came about, um, and it's actually made me really good at makeup <laughs> for for no other reason than just trying to the find the right brand. They were pushing. The one that were, my dermatologist pushed a lot was Dermablend. Is it? Okay. You're mixing Dermablend and other things. What what do you find? What's the product that you that results? I I currently use um, Dermablend and Smashbox. Smashbox is one of mm. those uh, stage, kind of like Mac. Um, my skin is okay. Mac. My skin is too sensitive for Mac, so I okay. use Smashbox. It's an animal cruelty free brand, and um, I've been using Smashbox for. Uh, I actually use them. Uh, when I was when I had my brown pigment, and then when I went to like the ivory fair tone, I was like, let me try them again oh. because their their tones tend to match my skin very well. So um, I, I use Smashbox um, with Dermablend, and I use it Smashbox because they have a special foundation that kind of helps with light and reflecting. And what I've learned with having a fair face is like when I take pictures. Like, uh-huh. it's a funny story. My friend was taking a picture with me of me with her iPhone, and, like, the flash wouldn't flash uh-huh. because I wasn't dark enough. And oh, boy. Oh, boy. So it was like, the flash doesn't even work on you. And it was like, okay, very funny. Just take the picture and let's move on. Wow. So she's like, look at me. It flashes. Look at you. There's a flash. Oh. So wow. thank you. Thank you very much. So, Yeah. Um, but I I do like the Smashbox because it doesn't feel like I'm wearing makeup when I put it on. And then I'm going to ask the a favor. Send me, if you will, could you send mm-hmm. me the name of that uh, on Facebook or whatever? Send me the name of that because I've never heard of it. I've oh, never sure. heard of it. I'd like to do some investigating. Yeah. Now, you you are you done with college or are you still in college? I have graduated. Thank you, God. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Um, now, that was, was very experience? hard. Yeah, that's what that was the question I wanted to find out. College life, yes. Tell us a little about that. Give me one second. Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry. 
Tell us a little about your college life and having vitiligo and your dating life and having vitiligo. How did you okay. handle it? How did you deal? Um, it's been it's been a, college was a rough transition and it was a rough transition mm. because that's when I depigmented very rapidly. Mm. Um, one of the things yeah. that a lot of us presume is that vitiligo is brought on by stress. So yeah. that's a, that's a lot of the undertone of college is writing papers, it's being presidents of clubs, it's doing all this extra stuff, and then learning. So, yeah. um, and hanging out with your friends, and then you have to learn that's not that important. But um, what was significant for me is that I was at a historically black college and university, Howard University. Mm, yeah. And yeah. so going to, going to uh, such a dynamic campus and something that ha- a school that has such a great history and literally mm. depigmenting, it was hard for me. Um, my undergraduate yeah. is in fashion merchandising, and mm. I literally remember being in a class where my professor was doing a great job, and we were watching actually a show, a Tyra Banks show on African-American women who were using bleaching cream to make themselves lighter. So I'm sitting in my mm-hmm. class, <laughs> oh boy. and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> so then I, I end know. up after the after the show, I end up like explaining my skin condition to the class because I'm like I can't just sit here and be like neon and not yeah. express what vitiligo is. And um, so that um, historical undertone of colorism and uh, light versus dark and good hair versus bad hair was a very yeah hard thing for me to get through, but I appreciate it now because I see that it's made me a, a much stronger person and a much stronger individual Amen. because I, it's Amen. something that I have to deal with every single day, yeah. um, nonstop. Yeah. So. yeah. And um, then I'll... Um, you didn't tell me about dating. How was your dating? How did that... Dating, and I'm actually getting more into dating now, um, then I was in college, and it was just going through it was in Aligo and everything. I kind of stayed with close friends that I made um, at the beginning of my college experience who I knew knew me for me. Um, yeah. But dating, it really doesn't seem to be a huge impact so oh. far. Um, oh. I'm definitely more of a reserved dater, and I don't try to put myself in extreme situations uh, just mm-hmm. because me walking into a room can be an extreme situation depending on where I'm yeah. going. So yeah. I think that um, it's something that I am I'm mindful of. And the gentlemen that I go out with, they tend not to have a problem or an issue with it. But it's also mm-hmm. um, I try to make sure I maintain that wall and not reveal too much um, right yeah. away because it's like this is who I am. And so you have to accept me for me. And I think um, learning to have that confidence and that air about yourself actually helps mm-hmm. me date better. And um, it's like I, I refuse to feel bad about myself regardless of how I'm feeling at the moment. Because there are days when my vitiligo is highlighted and there are days when oh, yeah. it's not highlighted. So, yeah. But as far as dating, I just try to make sure that I'm – seeking someone with character and that we yeah. can be friends and that kind of helps make it less stressful for myself. Good answer. And uh, this having this confidence in yourself is where it begins. Yeah. 
You know, I love yes, that. And, I love that. and doing my best, like I read um, uh, the the Chicago reporter, I'm forgetting his name, that also has been a LIGO. I was oh, Lee, I read him Lee Thomas. Lee Thompson. Lee Thomas, yes. Yeah. I read his um autobiography when I was in yeah. school and just reading some of his, the, the the circumstances that he went through in the book helped me like, okay. So I try not to be around people that like to uh drink a lot of alcohol because I'm like that probably won't be the best situation for me because people will say right. anything. And I've actually right. had an instance with a drunken man on the street corner. So oh, about my vanilla, I was just walking with my friends one day, and this guy comes up and he's like, "Were you in a fire?" And I was just like, "Um, oh, no. no, random drunken oh, man. No. I was not in a fire. I have a skin condition." And he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I would wife you anyway." And I was like, "Well, thank yeah. you, random drunken man." So that kind of <laughs> taught me. <laughs> those awkward situations yeah. and all my friends are standing there like okay and I'm like guys it just and you, it just you happens. handle them well like, and you, you handle them well there random drunken mint yes oh yeah so. oh yeah and this is your life 24/7 and you're doing yes. so good with it listen i know you talk about mom being there at the onset of this discovery and uh, support system mom was there as your support, but for me, I know my family, my church. What what sort of support system do, have you had in place? Is there a support group? What did you reach out to? I my support system has been, um, it's. I really feel like now I'm developing a support system. I had to go through with Zeniligo, um, yeah. to there was a point where. Because it progressed while I was in college, so I was 3,000, my mother was in California, so I was wow. 3,000 miles away from her. Um, my father was in Texas, so I'm like 2,000 miles away from him. So going, I kind of ended up going through a, a lot of the rough patches on my own, but the support system that I was able to build when I was in school, there was a point where I just looked at, looked at my reflection, and I was just like, you're not crazy, but you are dealing with a lot. So I took advantage of the universally university counseling, and I was able to see, like, a psychologist for free while I was in school, and that helped take away some of the burden of going through a historically black college that has a lot of black pride and <laughs> a lot of black jokes that I still get because I'm still African-American, but my perspective has changed a little bit um, just based upon living as an Aligo and, and that's starting to have different cultural experiences just based on my physical presentation. Um, but, yeah, the support system has definitely been um, therapy, and um, my friends are excellent. Um, I've, I've been blessed to always be around people with character who care for me for who I am, and so it's just like uh, I, one of my roommates in college, she's like, she was my, like my support system in that I would get dressed one day, and she'd be like, oh, today's your Filipino day. And I'm like, thank you very much, because based upon what, what my hair is doing, I look like a different type of person. So she'll be like, oh, you know, today's your Italian girl day. But it really was encouraging for me because she was saying, I see you, I see your condition. And I have family and friends who 
are a little more general with accepting the vitiligo, and they don't necessarily speak about it or talk about it or ask me about it. And so I'm still learning how to build that support system. And I've learned that I have to be more open about it. And that's where the therapy is very helpful because it's someone that I can just sound off how I'm really feeling and then I can kind of internalize it for myself and then find a path that helps me remain peaceful, remain positive, and keep going with my life. Hello? 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 Oh, my goodness. I don't know. These telephone lines, I lost you there for a moment. I don't know what happened. Oh, no. And let me apologize to our listeners. Technical difficulties. And so <laughs> something we cannot control some points. But we have four or five minutes left. So we, I don't know where we were in the conversation. And, again, I apologize for, for what has happened there. But you were wrapping up on your support system, that it's better now. Yes, it's 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 better. Um, I feel like it's a sad thing, but I do feel like after the passing of Michael Jackson, a lot of more people with vitiligo started to come out of yeah. our um, isolation that we can really go in. Yeah. And so yeah. I was able to start finding people online, and even people um, on the street that have it that I run into randomly seem to be a little bit more open about talking yeah. about it. So and I yeah. know even on our our the boards that we're on on Facebook, that's something that we discuss when we see someone else with vitiligo, and it's like, do you bring it up, or yeah. do you not bring it up? And it's funny now because uh now I run into albinos, and they'll ask me if I'm albino, and I'm like, no, oh, I'm not yeah. albino. I have vitiligo, but we're cousins. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So it's um, I find that true too. Since Michael Jackson's passing, I'm seeing folks everywhere. Prior to that, I didn't see. I thought I was alone. Right, I didn't see anybody. No, <laughs> didn't talk to anybody. Nobody understood. Because I used to go on no. the boards, but it was like there was no conversation happening. And so, Nothing. and I also would have to say that Michael Jackson music was a huge support system for me, and still yeah. is. Like when I get really, really down, it's like that's the only person that it's like today's a bad day. Just turn on Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, somebody out there today that was recently diagnosed, what sort of encouraging word would you leave with them today? I would say there is hope, even when there seems like yeah. there is no hope. Um, yeah. There is hope. Like, I've been in so many different, from um, not knowing what type of vitiligo I had from 12 to probably 21, it was in various places to then it progressing. And then it's like, I think we're going to, you know, turn it all the way white one, at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are just different yeah. phases. And I would, I would just have to say that there's, there's hope even when it seems like there is no hope. And, yeah. um, and to definitely um, try to find the, be true to yourself and find the path that you need to take to grow as a person yeah. because vitiligo yeah. will grow you as a person for for no other reason than you start to see the humanity in everybody. So that's what I would yeah. say, though. Cause there have been times yeah. when it was just like, I've been so hopeless, like, <laughs> but even when there seems like huh. there's no hope, there's still hope. Oh, yeah. 
Listen, I enjoy this conversation. It was a short time, and again, we lost some power there, but I've wanted to do this with you for some time. I just love your our little conversation, your passion for life as a young person. And when I first met you, you were still in school, and um, I, I, when I talked to you and you said you were in school, I said, oh, my God, going to school with this, how how – have you done it? And, you know, today you're a stronger person, you're a better person all, you know, because of what you've been through. And the key is support. Your mom, uh, support systems are, are so important. So I thank you. I, I thank you. And let's try to do this again without interruptions. And please oh, no, uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll do it again. Okay. Thank you so much. You're Bye. welcome. God bless, baby. Take care. God bless. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So, again, if you're out there, with now, she's from D.C. She had some technical difficulties there, but, um, again, we enjoyed our little time together. And we'd like to remind you that uh, Psalms 128, I'm sorry, 118, verse 24 says that this is the day that the Lord has made. And regardless of your vitiligo or whatever you may go be going through, rejoice and be glad in it because you are alive. Live your best life now, even with vitiligo. Uh, like Chanel reminded us, there's hope. There's hope in the, the down days where it won't always be down. There will be some up days. And then you'll, your head will come up over the out of the water and you'll, sail and soar as high as the eagle, even with your bit of life. So be blessed. And here at BitFriends, write us at bitfriends01aol.com. We love you. God bless.